0: Welcome to episode 470 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We're coming at you from ground zero of the pandemic in New York City. Haven't left the apartment maybe once in a month. Crazy, crazy times we're living in. So what I wanted to do on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, there's been a lot of questions about what this whole thing is doing to the pinball world and the pinball industry. And I wanted to ask a pinball distributor, I wanted to ask Joe Newhart at Pinball Star, how has this pandemic affected your business, sales of new games that have just come out, and what do you think is going on in the pinball world with the different manufacturers? So really great interview I'm gonna air for you. Before I do that, just two quick news items, two quick news items. Now, this is the week we've been waiting for all year. It is the Twippies on Saturday night. I know, it feels like we already had the Twippies. It feels like 2019 was five years ago, not just a few months ago. But this Saturday night, the 2019 Twippy Awards in which we honor the greatest in pinball or the most popular, however you want to skin that cat, is happening this Saturday night. Now, the good news is nobody has the excuse not to be there. You don't have to get on a plane, a train, or a car. You just need to be on the computer. Uh, there are invites out. If you go to thisweekinpinball.com or thisweekinpinball on Facebook, you can see the invite. The, the link to it is Carrie Hardy's... A YouTube channel. Now they don't have the exact link to the show itself because that link will change when the show goes live. But here's here's what you need to know: the show is at 8:30 at night Eastern Standard Time. So do whatever you need to do with your time zone. They are going to start at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time with some fun. I think words from sponsors and 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 different things going on. But here's what's fun: at 8 o'clock. The chat room will open up so we can all get to our seats or our virtual seats early. I will be in there at eight o'clock and it's going to be a fun time. So this Saturday night, March 28th, mark it down. Don't miss it. Let's see if Canada wins best pinball podcast. Okay. Something else. Uh, that I'm doing real quick is I'm going to start doing on my Facebook page, on Canada's Pinball Podcast Facebook page, I'm going to start maybe like a few times a week, maybe once a week, I'm going to do Canada live Q&A sessions on Facebook Live. I'm going to do one tonight at 6.15, I think, Eastern Standard Time. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to have like a scheduled time every week because I don't want to be married to that time I like to do stuff when I feel like doing it I don't do a show every Monday I don't do a a, a Facebook live or a Twitch stream every Wednesday or Monday night or Friday night because I don't want you guys to get disappointed if I have to miss it I also don't want to make pinball content or engage with talking about pinball if I don't feel up for it And, and, and I think that's fair because it takes a lot of work to not get a lot of money or, or, or really anything other than your enjoyment. But you'll enjoy it. For those of you who have joined Kaneda's Facebook live sessions, you will get a little bit of me playing the piano. We'll play some Guns and Freaking Roses, and we'll talk pinball. And it's fun because uh, you get to ask any question you want, and you can sort of experience the Canada Pinball Podcast entertainment-style live and in real time. And I, I think you'll see. I think you'll see. Why we don't really need editing or segments. It's it's just good old pinball banter, and and I am who you get every week. This this isn't some highly edited show that makes me sound entertaining. Okay. The last point I want to make, and I just read this on Pinside. I just this just sort of like annoyed me, and I wanted to bring this up before I, I let Joe have the airwaves. I saw people in the Rick and Marty thread attacking people that were saying for eight to nine thousand dollars. They shouldn't have to tweak their machine. They shouldn't have to remove screws. They shouldn't have to figure out how to fix design flaws in a game that should have been caught by the manufacturer or the designer much earlier on. And I'm watching Hilton attack people saying, this game, this game shot perfect out of box. Now you can make a few tweaks. And he's doing the thing he always does again, where he's drawing his ridiculous little thin lines all over the play field to show you the geometry of how the shot is supposed to work. And I just want to say this, his sort of commentary on this whole thing is the most dangerous part of this hobby for me. Because these manufacturers and these designers, they have a responsibility to you, the buyer, to make sure the game you buy is designed right, is manufactured right, is assembled right, is tested properly. So by the time the game goes into a box, the shots are figured out. You should not, not in a million years, should not have to pull your game apart and start removing things. Or, or, or changing screw locations or opening up the shot and bending. See, what people are doing now is they're like, some of the people are like bending the rail and they're ruining their game. And once you bend that, good luck. You're never going to be able to get it back to the way it was. I don't think anyone should ever have to do this. I don't care if it's Rick and Morty. I don't care if it's the Orbit shot on Game of Thrones. I don't care if it's the Elvira skill shot. Whatever it is, Whatever it is, you pay so much money for these games. They should not need this level of, of adjustment out of the box. But when I hear guys like Hilton attack these buyers who don't want to make these changes and they chalk it up as all oh, pinball needs adjusting, the kinds of adjustments that people find acceptable on a new in-box shipped game is maybe uh, a, a connection came loose. Maybe a, a light came out of its socket, maybe something, a screw came loose, stuff like that. People should not have to re-engineer the design geometry of a shot. People shouldn't have to bend things, remove screws. I, it, it, this stuff should have been caught. And it's not an, it, it, look, I think Chuck and, and Scott are, are trying to figure out a saw for people and, and they're going to make those changes moving forward. But the fact that we're attacking people, who don't want to have to do that, I think is, is, is inane. And I think it's this arrogance of some people in this hobby who, who just want to gloss over any major issues with the game simply because they might be good friends with the company or the designer of the, of the game. And that's what we know Hilton does. He does it every time. You got to remember, this guy had the back of Kevin Kulik at Skitby. He had the back of Andrew Highway with all of highways games. He called, he called uh, like full throttle, one of the greatest design games of all time. I mean, it's, it's, it goes on and on and on. And I'm all for Hilton helping people with tips. But to say this game comes out of the box shooting fine is 100% wrong. And it's not about learning the shots. It's not. The, the, own, the designer of the game himself even said, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Something happened with these screws and it made it too difficult. He's admitting there's a mistake. And yet Hilton won't. And that is dangerous. And I just want you guys on that thread to understand that. That this show won't let that kind of behavior fly. And what's great about this show is I can bring up an issue like this and get you a fix like that put into the game. All games moving forward are going to have that fix from the factory. He didn't fix it for you. It was this show. This show got Scott to respond and think of a solution, and we did. But we didn't do it by attacking the people that are, were having issues. And the other, it, it's just, it's just unbelievable to me the amount of things some of these fanboys will want to brush under the rug and say it's not a problem. And and just, just know that Canada's Pinball Podcast will always have your back and call out those people that are trying to prevent these manufacturers from hearing the hard truth of what they need to hear. And you best believe it that Scott Denisi moving forward is going to make sure when he designs a game that he's not going to have this kind of issue again. And he's only going to get that way if he hears the feedback. And the final point I'll make is this. I know Scott has a lot of fans and a lot of friends, but I do think it is pretty obvious that Scott would have benefited a little bit from having a senior design mentor help him with some of these shots. And I was just thinking about that in all of our careers, in all of our professions, when you're developing a skill set, having a mentor help you understand what works, what doesn't work is really, really important. And so then my question is: you know, at Spooky, who's sitting over Scott and Chuck and anyone who's designing games, Ben Heck, who's helping them understand the fundamental learnings? of what might work and what might not work. And I don't think there is anybody. I think they've played a lot of pinball and I think they're, they've designed their own games. But I would love to have a Dennis Nordman or a Pat Lawler or someone who has a lot of years, a John Borg, in experience of designing games, helping them. You might want to open that up a little bit. You might not want to have nine shots, maybe eight. This is going to be too hard and too difficult and too frustrating for the player. If this game's about getting through 10 modes, you might not want to make it this way with this shot being so important and yet so difficult to make. And that's it. Scott's learning. Chuck is learning. They're all learning, but it should not be at the expense of these people spending this much money on games. And I think that's a fair way to look at it. All right, everyone, let's find out from a distributor what it's like during this pandemic To be a pinball distributor. Canada's Pinball Podcast would like to welcome one of the nicest, one of the friendliest, one of the best pinball distributors in the business, back to the show, Mr. Joe Newhart. Hey, Chris, what's happening? Well, let's start out. Give us the release date for Guns N' Roses. Uh, First of all, I don't know what you're talking about. Number two,
1: uh, I, I have no idea of anything about future releases, but
0: nice. Okay. All right. I tried. I tried, listener. Try. Okay, so let's start at the macro question: Is have you seen an impact on your business over the last few weeks?
1: Uh, Strangely enough, not really. Cancellations, no, not yet. Do I expect that to possibly occur? Uh, Sure, I do. I think uh, you know people are going to be impacted by unfortunately losing jobs or value in the stock market, and uh, I think that's going to have an effect on maybe people, you know, that have deposits down on games. You know, really, though, at this time, you know, we represent most of the manufacturers. The only game that is really out there in pre-order mode is Rick and Morty. And, you know, it might be really hard for people to give one of those spots up. So, you know, time will tell and, and we'll see. Uh, as far as the business and new sales, uh, there's actually been, I, I know it's going to be, like a temporary little jump, but a little bit of an uptick. I I think I've had a number of people that are looking to, you know, hunker down and create something for the home and for kids and the staycation type of thing. That was a term that came about, you know, during the financial crisis uh, at the end of the last decade. And I think that fueled a lot of, uh, you know, pinball excitement and purchases where people, you know, wanted things to do at home and wanted, you know, pinball machines in their home, maybe people who aren't necessarily hobbyists. So I've had a few of those, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be any sort of, uh, you know, maintained spike or anything like that. So, you know, right now, Chris, I, I, to answer your question, I would say things are, you know, equal and a little bit of a spike, but I definitely expect that there's going to be, you know, some ramifications of course. And then the flip side of that question, which maybe you'll, you'll be asking me about is, you know, most of these companies are shut down right now.
0: Yeah. We're going to get to that because as a distributor, you can't even sell them the new products that are getting revealed right now because they're, they're telling consumers manufacturing is, is halting. Let's, let's go right there. And I want to go back to Rick and Morty and, and talk about some of the new games as well. But, one of the titles I saw you you list recently was Hot Wheels. And we know American Pinball revealed that game at really an, an unfortunate time where it was like a week later, this whole thing hit and their supply chain got hit and they've just announced that they can't make the game. As a distributor, I mean, is it is it really almost next to impossible to sell a game that you have to then tell consumers that production is just TBD?
1: uh not
0: really uh we've had interest in hot
1: wheels uh pleasantly surprised um both from home consumer consumers and and some operators initially obviously the operators they're all pulling their horns, and that's probably a whole nother question or conversation we can have but um yeah you know it was it an opportune time for them to show the game uh no, because now we're in another situation where you know we've got a reveal and it's going to sit. And I know you know you talk about it a lot, and I'm a big proponent of these companies don't show anything until you've got games and boxes ready to show it. And that didn't occur with Hot Wheels. I mean they're really close. There are games on the line, and and even though you know they're they're out of the factory, hopefully temporarily, um, there are games on the line that are in various stages of being finished. So they did hold true to what they set out to do which was pretty much show the game and then and then be able to ship it very quickly.
0: Can I ask about the launch because I heard from a few distributors and I want to know Joe cuz you're one of their main distributors. Were you a little blindsided the day they brought it to the trade show and, and I heard from other distributors they didn't have price yet they didn't have materials what what was it like seeing game that you're going to sell to people you're not you don't even have the full info did, did that happen to you as well? Blind like Mr. Magoo. Is there feedback back to American <laughs> Pinball? Like, how can, guys, uh, how can we—you got to help us help you. You bet your sweet ass there is. But, you know,
1: here's the thing with that show. Um, obviously, it wasn't ideal um, way to do it and us not being prepared for it. That's not a good thing because we can't answer questions. You know, we're excited that the game's out, of course, but um, to get emails and texts and phone calls and not even know what the title is uh, other than rumors— Um, yeah, it's a little frustrating, but in the same respect, their gauge for doing that show and doing it the way they did it was to show some prototypes, get some feedback on the gameplay. If there was anything that really needed to be tweaked, um, between then and full production, they were able, they would have been able to do that by getting some playing time. And let's face it, companies years ago, before the internet and uh, Facebook and everything else that people have immediate access to information. Bally and Williams used to take a game down to a bar, down to a bowling alley and wherever in Chicago, and they would just throw the game there, go back in two weeks, and there was no fanfare or anything. And they got the data that they needed either from the game or from people at the location as far as what was good, what wasn't good. And I think this was American Pinball's way to do that. And keep in mind that if these companies are now going to gravitate towards showing the game and then having it ready to ship, they lose, even though it's not good. And trust me, I I hate these long timeframes between reveal and, and shipping and production and everything. But the companies do lose that valuable feedback that they're able to get. By maybe doing a few shows and having a game out there for a couple months, and if something's not working right, they can adjust it. And I'm not saying any of that is the case with Hot Wheels, but um, I understand why they did it, and I appreciate that. And it wasn't a pinball show. They really, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know that they even expected that the pinball community would find out about it because it was more of a, a coin
0: op. Um, you know, yeah. It just takes one. It takes one I, pin side I know, member. I know. You know this, Joe. Like th- these guys are. It's like cocaine, and these guys are drug addicts. You can't drop a a dime bag at a trade show with amusement devices and not have the right. pin side guy find it.
1: I understand. It, you know, it 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 wasn't like a app. It was a smaller trade show, so I, I kind of get it. Again, still, we were blindsided, and you know, to be honest with you, it wasn't the best situation.
0: You bring up a really good point about putting a game on location to see what the response is. And and the entire industry, and we're seeing this with Rick and Morty, and I think people saw that with my initial review of the game, is what if you discover that some of the shots aren't really working very well and you might want to tweak it before people play the game. And I experienced that with Rick and Morty, and and we saw that Scott Denisi and Chuck are are actually – now making some tweaks to the game at the factory that everyone will benefit from when they get their game. But even so, I would say that it does suck that people are buying these games for so much money now. And the games have never been tested out in the wild, right? Because they need to keep that window of hype. They need to protect that window at all costs. And if they let the game out there, it's not like 1986 anymore, right? It's, it's on the internet. We've seen it. And we're bored of it in two weeks because we're waiting for the next game. And that's the new climate. And we're really picky, Chris.
1: You know, and that's not a bad comment I'm making, but we're all, we're all really picky. We want perfection. These things aren't cheap. And uh, there are going to be some things that need to be adjusted. And again, they threw fishtails out there in 19, 1996 or 7 or whatever. They threw it out in a bowling alley and nobody really gave a shit
0: <laughs> and they still don't. Okay. So, um, let me ask you about Hot Wheels sales. Cause you, you're one of their biggest distributors. How have the orders been in comparison to Houdini and Oktoberfest?
1: Uh, slower than Houdini and better than Oktoberfest. Okay. And I, I think, I think the, and it's really not even a fair comparison to be honest with you if in, in my standpoint, because the game really hasn't been able to be seen yet by anybody or, or played for the most part,
0: um, and that is fair because Houdini was revealed at TPF and had thousands of pinball people through that show over the weekend, where this didn't have right. any moment to be played.
1: Exactly, and again, that's unfortunate. And I so do I think early numbers are indicative of its success. Absolutely not. I mean, I sold the game last week to a, a big toy museum that thousands of people are going to see that game so i I think it's a game that's going to have legs uh i think it's something that the community had asked for which is a lower price point uh, for american pinball and i think it's a fast and fun game from what i've seen so far obviously i haven't played one but um I, I think they're going to do well. And I think it's a good theme. I mean, I haven't listened to the last few of your podcast just with everything going on. I've been a little busy, but you know, I do see your Facebook posts and I know you've, you've, you know, been poking them a little bit, you know, with, in the manner that you do. Um, but to me, I, I think it's a theme that is a good thing for pinball. It's, it's a toy. It's something that has millions and millions of fans and I think everybody knows it. And I think done properly with the right sound and and assets, that the game would be fun.
0: Right. And I you know I think the 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 thing I've been hard on is is it, it clearly doesn't have the same amount of stuff in it, and it's priced accordingly. It's not priced at the same. But but by design. Yeah. Again, well, by by design.
1: So you know, and I think American Pinball was maybe in that that uncomfortable. I'm sure you've talked about it and probably had the same opi- opinion that they were maybe in. I don't want to say uncomfortable, but they were kind of in the middle. They they, they weren't up in the Jersey Jack feature or price range, and they certainly weren't uh, down in the Stern Pro range. I would always tell customers that inquired, I I, re- I always did feel truthfully that an American pinball game with the powder coating and all the toys and, and mechanics and the LCD screen, uh, maybe the animations weren't as great as some of the other companies, but I did think that they put as much in the game as they possibly could. And I always called it an LE version game for a non-LE price. So I I think they're looking to kind of put themselves in a position where this is who we are and what we are and position themselves between a Stern Pro and a a premium.
0: Do you think this will be the the new model for them to be more affordable, operator-focused with themes that collectors will also consider? Um, I think so.
1: I don't have any inside information on that as future themes or, or things that are being discussed or whether the makeup of this game compared to the others is going to be their their ML going forward. Um, so I don't really know. It'll honestly depend on the success of it. Um, I think the price point is great at 6,300. I think people are going to be more inclined to, to give it a shot. Do you have a street price, or is that the price? Uh, that's the price. With all these companies anymore, the price is the price is the price. You know, years ago we did have some flexibility with pricing, and and hell, I I used it ex- <clears throat> extensively, Chris. I actually built my business up by nice big reach on social media and email. And a lot of times over the holidays, I mean, I would do Labor Day, Fourth of July. I would do, you know, sales with 250 bucks off a of Wizard of Oz or whatever the game was at that time. And and I, I utilized some pricing flexibility that we had to generate interest. And and it really worked well. And it helped me build my business up, to be honest with you. Uh, every customer, I hope that I new customer I gain, even if I'm making a little bit less to me because I treat try to treat people so well would be a customer that would always come back to me so um but it was chicago gaming that actually started the one price don't discount or you don't have to be our distributor anymore type of uh policy uh no free shipping no pricing discounts so uh chicago gaming started that with attack from mars um very stringent and then other companies obviously followed suit you know, soon thereafter, Jersey Jack and uh, American Pinball. Obviously, Spooky has always been the price is the price. There's just not a lot of fudge there to work with.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify for the listener, because you don't carry Stern. and But I do hear so many people with Stern machines are getting like 800 to to 1000 off. All I hear from people, it annoys me, I'll tell you, it does annoy me as a consumer, because people are getting LEs for around like 81 or 8200 bucks. Here's the here's the diff, here's the difference.
1: Every other company aside from Stern, and I represent every other company aside from Stern, has the price. Hot Wheels is sixty three hundred. It doesn't matter what distributor you go to, uh, the price is the price is the price. And that's that's and and I will mention too that when the companies came out with this model, um, a lot of our margins got decreased. We felt we had two hundred fifty dollars of fudge to work with at, at a time that we wanted to run a sale. Uh, a lot of the companies have eliminated that margin, that extra margin that we had to work with where we, we would be willing once in a while to give that up. Um, honestly, just can't do it anymore. There's, there's not right. the margin there to do that. And then still be able to support the customer after the sale and do everything that's involved with shipping and things like that. And at least have something for your effort at the end of it. The Stern model is different, whereas they have an MSRP that's expected to not be the price that Let's say a pinball collector is going to pay, but the distributors do have very strict Floors. So, round numbers, let's say an LE is 9,000, the distributor will have a floor number of 8,500 that you can't sell under that. So, in essence, it's the same thing. And if you call any distributor, they're, they're all selling for that floor price because they know everyone else is. So, you have to compete. And I, I honestly think I don't know the logic behind it, but I would.
0: They don't do it on the hot titles, I'll tell you that. Well, maybe, maybe not. I, I can't answer to that. But that makes sense because the hot titles, they could ostensibly, because the Stern have a policy of they don't have a policy you can't sell over MSRP, do they?
1: No, of course not.
0: And and some
1: distributors will do that. Well, the MSRP thing, I'll tell you why it's, I'm sure they do that. Is because you have a lot of their distributors that do a lot of sales on eBay, and other areas, be it front gate and on online, uh, the Sky Mall and stuff like that, where you get somebody that's just flipping through a magazine, and they see uh, a pinball machine, and they're going to pay that price. They're going to. So th- I'm sure they make plenty of sales at the MSRP um, at the higher price. So it does give the distributor some flexibility, whereas they can market right. the game to the general non pinball public at the, at the retail price and hopefully get a couple sales at that price and then sell to the regular people at the floor price. So, you know, there's a, there's a pricing strategy, yeah. I'm sure behind that, you know, I'm not part of that,
0: but just to confirm, do you, do you know that 8,500 is their floor? Or you don't know what it is. No, no, no. I,
1: I, and I, Prefaced before that I just gave round numbers. I, okay. I, you know, I picked numbers out of the air, 9,000 and 8,500 just okay. to show right. you know, a disparity between figures.
0: I would love to give people that ammo and that info when they go to get their next game because I, I definitely know that while there is a floor, there's sweetheart deals in this hobby. We know that. Now, let, let's talk about Rick and Morty because... That game sold out in four hours. How many Rick and Morty spots did you get in total at, at pinball star? Uh, I got a hundred. I wish I got two hundred.
1: Um, you know I had the ability to take what I wanted and and uh for the most part we uh I, I sold over time I think a hundred of the TNA games and out, and they made 500 so I did about 20% of the volume of what they produced and with Rick and Morty I was vacillating 100 150 you know when the hype was going a little bit maybe maybe 200 but you know we also have to pay deposits on these games up front so there is some calculation of risk involved that I could put myself in a tough position if if I order and commit to this many games um And something goes wrong. And
0: at that point,
1: I hadn't even seen the game yet either. So
0: yeah, let's talk about that timing. I don't mean to interrupt you because I think that's really interesting that a lot of people are not aware of. So you as a distributor have to commit to the number you're going to order from Spooky. How much earlier than even seeing the game and them announcing or teasing it?
1: Um it's it's not as formal as you're making it out. It's very informal with Spooky, but there was a conversation of they nobody knew what was going to come out of the game. Obviously when he leaked the title, there was a lot of hype. So the only commitment that was really needed was for their planning purposes of how many they were going to allot to each distributor. You know, I've been a Spooky distributor since their first game with America's Most Haunted and 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 I Probably do more sales than other folks that that do sell for them just because i've i built up a clientele of spooky customers from the beginning sure. but um it it wasn't like a hard and fast you know you need to commit or you're screwed forever and when I say that I didn't want to overextend myself or or anything like that, it was more so from the standpoint that I would never want to say. 200 games. And then a week later, I'm like, oh, you know what? want only, I only need a hundred because then I'm hurting my friends at spooky pinball. So it's more of a, a, a commitment on my mind, not necessarily right. them forcing a number, but yeah, I mean, everything was fluid. Charlie released the, uh, the title and, and a teaser video and, and then we all cool. started getting inundated. So yeah. we, we had a plan really quick as far as who was getting what and how many. And, and I think they did a really good job with it.
0: Well, let's talk about, well, another question I have before we move on to the, the, the selling of it, when you're committing to a number from them, you said you didn't want to dip, give too much of a deposit, not knowing the demand for it. How much of a deposit do you have to give per your verbal allocation? Like, hey, Chuck, I want a hundred. Then what, what does he make you do then?
1: I'll pay the same deposit you guys pay.
0: So you pay 1500 per game. So you're paying 150 yep. grand to get a hundred Rick and Morty Bloodsucker editions, basically. Pretty much. Okay. And that check goes to him before the games go on sale. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> pretty, pretty. It's like. Okay. No, I mean it's so it's a, no. This is a good point because I just I think this is really interesting because I do think what I'm trying to do here, Joe, and, and this 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 always hasn't been the case with Spooky, and it's not
1: necessarily the case with every company. But because they needed to plan their numbers, they wanted commitments from the distributors. You know, they didn't want somebody saying, "Oh, I'll take 350," and then the next week the distributor could say, "Oh, you know, I got think about it. Just think about the people, and, and hopefully we'll talk about this. People buying spots that maybe don't really want it. The company does not want to Distributor doing that either, taking up a huge allotment of their title and then throwing it back to them later. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's not cool. Well, and I, it's not cool.
0: And the reason why I think this is good to know, and I say it with more empathy and compassion for distributors, is that you guys are taking a risk and a gamble. And I and I think my good friend over at Coin Taker, uh, Chris Marquette, the 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 all the money he lost with Dutch Pinball and with J Pop, this is why because these games yeah. are oh, pre invested sure. in. With buyers lined up, or buyers in mind, you would have loved 200 knowing how well it sold. Now, Joe, you were at the center of a lot of anxious fans waiting for their number. And talk about that somewhat of a nightmarish moment for you trying to keep 100 people happy with their allocation number, knowing that you had the power to give one guy a game in two months and another guy had to wait maybe 12 months.
1: I had no power, Chris, because I did it in a manner that I I knew the shitstorm that was coming with this. And if you go back and look at my email blast, I, I think I even clearly put in there, even before anybody put a dime down, um, don't expect a number. You could be first. You could be last. Um, we get allocated all throughout the run. Don't expect just because you ordered it, I, I just listened to one of your podcasts. Uh, it was an older one, but you know, I think it was your pinball babies one, where you're talking about people crying that they were matching up the, yep, yep. you know, the old <laughs> order number and all that kind of stuff. it, old, and, it yeah, only you had Me laughing in the car, and I had it. I had guys that emailed me, and they got they still got a great number. They were like 150 or 212, and and they're they're emailing me saying I ordered it. Ten oh four, and I'm like, dude, I sold a hundred in five minutes. Like, do the yep. math. Yeah, but everything was done fairly. I, um, I, I, didn't do the, and I had in the past with Spooky. I'll be honest with you, with TNA or Rob Zombie, um, I emailed prior customers first and said, hey, listen, you know, you, you guys were great. You supported this little company that you know nobody put a lot of faith in and and you bought America's most haunted I'm going to give you first crack at Rob Zombie and and one of the earlier spots and and that worked then but again now we're we're 3 or 4 games in and I I just looked at the number of customers that I've sold spooky games to and everybody that bought Rob Zombie if I sold whatever if I sold 75 Rob Zombies they could have been 60 different people than bought America's most haunted or or 50 different people than right. bought TNA. So, uh, I easily had several hundred customers that were "quote unquote" spooky customers of mine that may or may not have been interested in Rick and Morty. And there was no way that I was promising anybody anything. So, anybody that sent me one of those "I'm interested" emails, uh, I I sent them a very carefully worded email stating, "I'm not. Nobody's jumping line." Um, Basically, I'm. I'm. You know, and I have a very Concise way I do this: I send an email out with a PayPal link in it. Everybody gets a fair shot. Everybody's going to get that email at 10 a.m. or 10:01, and get the email, read it, don't read it, click on the PayPal link, and and you're in, and that's going to determine your spot. And that's exactly what I did. And then when I was done, I, I you print out all the PayPal orders and you place them in in order, and and it was funny. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, it, I'm dying because there were somebody could have ordered like at 10:01 30 seconds, and then there were within the next 30 seconds, there were like six orders and I'm like, shit, you know, these people are maybe losing 50 spots because of 20 seconds difference, but that's the way I did it. And you know, and I did it Chris, because I didn't want anyone coming back to me. Um, there wasn't going to be any, I wasn't going to allow anybody to, say, Oh, well, Joe did me a a, 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 solid, a favor or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And because you know what, then my name, then I'm shit to everyone.
0: Yeah. And I thought, I thought you were going to hook me up and that's why I was like, I could, I could get this sense that you were going to be an honorable man. <laughs> and so I, I love
1: it. I love the I, facts you didn't buy from me. Well, first of all, you should cancel everything. Number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about my behavior and what it means to be a distributor, but you know what you should do is you should print out how the orders came in, and just re- release that information without people's obviously without their like any credit card information. But it would be funny just to to show people, hey, look, th- this is how they came in. You know what was funny is I, you know, I and then when
1: I was lining people up, um placing the numbers and 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 lining them up, it, it and there were just like I had games, like I have all the games in the 50s, I have all the games in the 70s, and then I jump up to like 120. The difference between, let me put it this way, when I was making a list, the difference between 50 and 70 wasn't a big deal, um, but the difference between 70 and 120, so it was like, oh, that first person in the 120, is like, oh, you know, you just missed it, and I feel bad for everybody. I mean, I felt bad when I'm doing the 500s, and somebody's at 550, and the next one's going to be 625. Um, but the good thing for me that was was actually good for people that ordered from me, uh, Spooky gave me all my games under, I think, under 500. So um, I don't have anything on the backpack end. So people that ordered to me from me at least had
0: that little benefit. Right. And now nobody's getting games right now because they're locked down. So the, the pain has swept over the shores of Spooky as well. I think they're going to finish up a few that they have in-house, but uh, because they get parts from pinball life in Chicago and Chicago is on a total lockdown, uh, that we're going to add a little months to our wait for Rick and Morty. Let me ask you a question about, uh, has anyone with the economic downturn, has anyone tried to get out or asked you to sort of transfer their spot, which is an easy spot to transfer for this game?
1: No, not yet. Okay. Um, do I expect it? Um, possibly. Right. But, but not, not yet. I know a few people I talked to, uh, some of the folks at Spooky, and I know there were a couple people this week that, you know, were looking to to move spots, unfortunately. And and again, you, you don't want to see that because you know everybody that bought the game for the most part um, had their heart at Said on getting it. So, you, you know, it's a hard decision if somebody has to bail on it, especially on that title that got kind of a waiting list of, you know, 150 people right. uh, that want
0: it. That's good. You hear, All you flippers out there, there's 150 souls that are ready to pay over sticker. Let me ask you about the other title that was revealed last week, which was Multimorphics. Could, could we do one thing? Yeah. Could we, could we talk about the flippers? Let's talk about the flippers. Let's How do you feel about, about flippers? The flippers?
1: I hate flippers. Tell me and why. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm a real. Positive guy, Chris, and and being a distributor, you you got to make everybody happy and and try to be positive, and and I am just my nature. But I'm going to tell you, like I, I don't like seeing these games um, where people paid fifteen hundred dollars being sold for thirty five hundred, and I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of times people that are inquiring about buying these games are. Checking with me, like obviously they want to make sure that the spot, that this person has this spot number and he's paid and and just confirming everything's okay before they pay them. Uh, I'm telling them not to buy it. I'm telling them to keep their money in their pocket. A year and a half is a long time to wait. And by the time, now obviously we didn't know this virus thing was going to occur. But it just goes to show that shit happens and things will occur in people's lives, whether it's another butterfly or pinball machine release that comes comes out that they have more interest in. Uh, I've had people cancel games because they're they got to put a new septic system in their house or the car broke down. I mean, stuff happens and people will sell their spots. And once the spots that are sold to people that are willing to pay the premium for them and over let the flippers profit once those people, and and it's exhausted that the public will not spend that much money on the game, then there's going to be people that are going to be selling them for what they paid for it. So I've been telling people that inquire, and again, and then you're going to have people that just honestly need to get out of the spot because they lost a job or their car broke down. And you know what? They're going to say, I know I can make money, but I don't want to. I'm Do I want to just sell it? Right. So Let's,
0: let's talk through that scenario. Let's talk through that scenario. So let's say this. I'm in on Rick and Morty. I really want the game. I lost my job. I've fallen on hardship. You're going to say to that person where every penny counts that he shouldn't sell it for the current market value if he has a low-number game that people... I, I don't tell people what to do Okay, with but, what spot. Do, but what do you I, think? I,
1: I tell people who are inquiring about spending triple, the deposit money, or double the deposit money, that I don't think it's in their best interest, and if they're just a little patient, you're that right. so they will get a game eventually before this year and a half is up and probably pay the I, same I, amount,
0: 100%, the right amount. I 100% agree with you. All of these games... They're only worth over sticker during that hype window. The fear of missing out is the strongest right now. I absolutely agree. If you wait, you will find Rick and Morty's new inbox for MSRP easily like eight months from now.
1: You want to know why it really pisses me off, Chris? It doesn't matter to me because I, you know, I don't make any more or less whoever it goes to, and 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 again, the the work involved with transferring the order and dealing with a new person and rewriting a new order, that's just part of business expense and and time that I have to expand. But why it bothers me is, you know, who should be making that money? Take a guess. Spooky. Take a guess. They're in Wisconsin. It's spooky pinball. Those are the people that are putting their lives on the line, investing in in, in licenses that may or may not fly. Maybe, again, they're going to take a risk and buy a license that nobody's going to like, and and that's a risk that they incur. Uh, those are the people that should be making that extra money. They could have came out and made this game $8,000. They could have made this game $8,500 and still sold them, but they didn't. What do you
0: think? I'm paying close to 10000 for my game. Well, it's, you're getting that Water no, but they're making the money on it. that. I would argue this. I would argue this. I would argue that Spooky is charging a nice price for this game, and there and most of them are Bloodsucker edition. Most of them are going to be optioned out. And you look, you know, Dodge could sell a demon for 150000 hundred and fifty grand, but at some point, you want to make a product in which the secondhand market is stronger than even the firsthand market. It just goes to keep the value of that product for the the guys who get in. Right. but but here's the thing, so I just want I just want to circle back though the guy who's down on his luck do you would you recommend he give up his spot for MSRP if he could get more
1: i I, I have no say in the matter like I, I don't even okay. we'll, an, we'll let you have we'll i't I, I, right. I don't have an opinion and I'm not going to disparage anybody. Okay. No, no matter Total- what their situation is, they bought the spot. It's theirs to do what totally they want. Totally fair. It. You're
0: a good man, Joe. You are a good man. I, I would say the company that I, is- I'm just saying. I I you know I don't I don't like seeing it because you know what you know
1: and I know that there's people that clicked on the buy thing for the sole purpose of I don't really like Rick and Morty, but you know what this thing's going to be hot. Let me see what happens, and and I can tell you it it pains me because I have a list of a hundred people that love the theme. They they love the th- they love the theme with their kids. They they love spooky games and or they 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 were out of the country when the thing went too on bad. sale and they missed it or too bad too bad again. You know there's too people bad. that want
0: want the freaking game that can't get it too and
1: bad. there's people that are holding it Good and joke. just want it to make a little profit on it.
0: So yeah, I'm a flipper. You know what I? I'm a flipper. You know what <laughs> I say? To the, you know what I say to those people? You had four hours. I don't care where you were in the world. Use a cell phone. I don't know where in the world you could be where something called PayPal don't work. Something called the internet does, unless you're like at Machu Picchu at the exact moment they dropped this game and you know for sale. But anyway, tell a friend. Hey, make sure you grab me one. Anyway, look. Yeah. Let's true. let's move on to Multimorphic and P3 and Heist. Jerry's new game. How? And you're you're a distributor for P3, right? Yes, I am. Okay, and and so are you excited? Like, is this the is this the nicest? multi-morphic game you've seen. How has the response been as a distributor?
1: Uh, I'm extremely excited. And I don't want to say I've not been overly excited for a multimorphic title. You just did. Um, because it's a niche product. It has nothing to do... I think Jerry is an incredibly intelligent guy. I think the platform is beyond what anyone else Be- has it's done. It's beyond
0: our comprehension, Joey. <laughs> beyond
1: advancing pinball. Right. But the, the gameplay... And the themes just haven't been there. So, to, and and Jerry did tell me, I didn't have any specifics, but Jerry did tell me, and I could sense the excitement in his voice a month, two months, three months ago, that what we've got coming up is going to flip the table a little bit.
0: And it did. I mean, I'm excited. This Wh- thing, which, the lighting,
1: um, wait, the wait, toys.
0: which table are we talking about? Which table? Is it like, a- no, he's just, <laughs> he's just flipping
1: a table, any table. <laughs>
0: It's like I just see this like table in the P3 office, and Jerry just walks over and just he's like, "This is what I'm talking about." And just throws it across the roof. All right, no, but it, it, the response has been great. It's been great on side. So, but as a distributor, like, have you sold? Have you sold new P3 nows?
1: Yes. Uh, were you P- thinking the, about that? The, I, I, just, I just well, wondered. well, there's two questions. I, you know, and I didn't know I didn't know what you were asking. There's there's the consoles. There's the consoles, for which is the beauty of this product. And, and I'm actually happy that I think now with this game, people that have previously purchased the P3 platform, whether they bought Lexi or whether they bought um, uh, Cosmic Kart Racing, now are going to start absorbing and, and, and benefiting from what a great selling point of this platform was, is that right now people can buy for 2750. Uh, they can buy the heist game and throw it in their, 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 their module, their, their, their right. game that they have Lexi in, and they've got a brand new game for 2750. Yeah. Obviously they had to make that investment up front that goes without
0: saying, but you know, let, let, $12,750, but yes, uh, ten ten thousand 10,000 is okay. what the, well, yeah, 10,000 plus 2,700. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah,
1: now they're up to 12. Yeah, no, I understand that. But they've got a platform that they can continue to build on. So let's say he comes out with another game each year now that is of the caliber of heist with the toys and right. the innovation. And uh, it is. It's. I mean, you said it when you saw it. Like, that's a world under glass. You post it on Pinside. And, uh, you know, you look at the pictures. They did a great job. Yeah. They, they did it. They I did a surprisingly great job from the standpoint that i think multimorphic and p3 has always been about the technology um and maybe i don't want to say a little less so on the 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 gameplay but the the attention grabber was always the technology and and the ball tracking lcd and i think for jerry to finally put both of those aspects together and have a a game with great rules and also with toys you know a, a periscoping crane the, the
0: crane yeah can I, is, I i'm going to say something right now that i think a lot of people would agree with there is more in heist from a physical old school pinball standpoint than there is in all of stranger things which is all old pinball like approach it, th- there's more in it look at that back third I'm, there is and if he- you haven't if you haven't played the p3 and i know a lot of people haven't
1: there, there is a lot of cool stuff. Those walls that come up that either block shots yeah, I like,
0: I like those. Or, or,
1: or suck the ball in that you shoot into them is great. The fact that you have the LCD screen where, let's say it's a mode. I remember on Lexi, there was a mode with uh, dragonflies that fly down the screen. When the ball rolls all over that, you're killing things and you're gaining points by something that's virtual and not necessarily on the play field. But the rub always was, is you got this big open play field on the bottom. Yes, it's got the LCD screen and then you've got... A very small module with ramps and things on the on the back, and there's not a lot of pinball stuff to do. Well, Heist puts a lot of pinball stuff, right. even in the standpoint of a, a third flipper now uh, being added on the right side of the game, and and even some of the rules are, are kind of very creative. There's going to be a multi-ball where as you advance through the different characters, you know, you start a multi-ball and you have to hit one of the uh, scoop shots and it actually takes your ball away. It's, it's a, I don't know what the terminology that Jerry used, but it was like a, a reducing multi ball where it's, you actually want to release one of the, the people from jail, one of the characters from jail. And by doing that, you have to release, give up one of your balls during a multi ball. So kind of cool stuff like that, that would right. you know make for, for good and unique gameplay. Right
0: so uh in terms of sales ha- has it been mostly kits purchased by existing owners have you sold any brand new bundles or, or high standalone games
1: uh again we're we're a few days in it uh bundles yes uh full games not yet okay but I again I don't think he's- the I haven't even done a, an email blast yet Chris so
0: Joe you got to tell him this he's got to send a game to Jack Danger to stream he's got like he needs to this thing needs to be played and shown to people and he needs to put it in the hands because i I, the first stream happened by one of his owners and the guy sucked at pinball and i'm like oh like it's just watching the guy drain like for 46 minutes and so i'm like he needs to it'd be so cheap it'd be cheaper for jerry to give like a streamer that's got so many followers uh the game than it is to take the tpf even
1: yeah they did do uh and i know uh Um, Nick up at Buffalo Pinball had done some streaming on, you know, again, that was Cosmic Cart when that first came out. So maybe Jerry has some plans there, either with the guys at Buffalo Pinball or or maybe hooking up with with Jack Danger to do that. But, yeah, obviously, that's a great idea. I think it'll showcase. But even like the video, did you see the video they did? Yeah, Um, it was great. You know, like the teaser. Great. I mean, great quality. It blew me away.
0: I emailed Jerry. I said. They tried. They actually
1: gave an effort. (laughs) It looks great. I mean, it's better than it's. Better than what other companies are doing.
0: Yep, totally. Let me. Um, I know you don't have too much time, but I want to finish off with uh, with Jersey Jack. So big news: Jack moving from a place that you can't drive to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. How it do sucks. you feel about the move? And have you spoken to Jack uh, about it? Is he happy? Is he? Is he? Of disappointed? course, I have. Yeah, uh, Jack. Jack is happy about it. Jack knows that it's the next
1: step for the company to compete on the level that they want to be able to compete at and also produce at the level they want to produce at, which is multiple games per year. It was sad for me. That's really the only word. I mean, business wise, I think you talk to anybody business wise, it's a no brainer. It to have the design team in one spot and then to have production in another spot, I'm sure was extremely difficult. I know it was difficult. Um, Just like we're talking about spooky and, um, or even Hot Wheels and putting a game on, um, out there for the public and then making some tweaks on the production line i mean spooky can do that because they're right there i mean you got the designer and the coders and all those guys that are there to do that on the production line and and, and try things out it's it's very difficult to do that remotely i'm sure uh, they've done it and been successful making some great games over the years but obviously not without some hiccups with production and, and timing and capabilities and stuff like that. But let's face it, Chicago, there's more talent there. And I'm not going to say that moving to company had anything to do with stealing talent or getting other people to work there, but obviously that's, that's going to be an offshoot benefit. Um, they need to hire people. They may be able to hire people that previously worked in pinball. Maybe they're not even still currently employed in pinball, but you know, there's a lot of people out there versus just, trying to find people in Jersey that want to make pinball machines and they, they come and go possibly, um, you know, and and then just having the designers and the programmers, uh, and the engineering staff there, um, all working under the same roof is, is yep. just great. You know, the sadness was just been a distributor since the beginning and, uh, part of it was just me being able to hop in my car and drive from Pennsylvania to Jersey and sit with Jack and, as you stated a lot, have a Jersey Jersey Mike sub and yeah, and it's... sit there and walk around the factory and you know again I can get on a plane that when planes start flying again and yeah. <laughs> you know I can go and do that for sure but it's it's sad because something isn't there that was there that was close to my heart but um, I I'm really excited for the company to put the vision in place that. I think they've been working towards um uh, for a while when when Jack started the company and obviously also when Leonard and the investors bought the company. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that stuff happen now.
0: Any do you have any anxiety any anxiety that this economic downturn could could hurt them in a significant way or do you think they'll get past this?
1: No, I I'll get past it. We're we're all going to have everybody's affected, Chris. Everything's going to be affected. I mean, would they possibly sell anybody, sell less games? Stern's going to sell less games. All these locations that Stern sells multitudes of majority probably of the games that they sell, they're all shut down. I mean, everybody's going to hurt from this. Obviously, both of those companies are well capitalized with uh, big pocket investors behind them that are committed. And this also shows the commitment that the Abbas family has for pinball. The easy thing would have been staying in Jersey and watching, and wait and see how pin, pinball goes. But don't think that this move is, is a cheap uh, situation for them. It's not. They're investing a lot more money uh, into doing this to make this a, a, a really stronger, stronger company. Um, has,
0: has the move happened yet? Uh, I think it's
1: in process. Um, obviously, right now, as we speak, with things shutting down and and even trucking is getting a little weird right now too. Right. Um, I've been st- I'm still shipping games for folks, but I am trying to get them out the door. i I' had one 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 guy that had two games ordered and He's finishing his house and didn't want them until April, and I actually emailed him the other day. I said, you know what? I said, I, I kind of see some things happening, and I, I know your room's not done yet, but let's get this game to you before you can't get it until you know right. May or June or whatever the case may be with trucking. But uh, they've started – to move, I believe, uh, probably parts and, and inventory. Um, I, I'm not sure I would think probably the lines have been broken down and, and, you know, maybe some of that stuff has started moving. I, I honestly haven't asked exactly where they're at, but I, I think it's a process and I'm, I'm sure concurrent to that. Um, in addition to getting things moved from Jersey and put on trucks to go out there, I'm sure they're also, um, Tooling up and and getting their space ready. You know, right. th- this is obviously something they've had in the works for months and months. It's they didn't announce it when it was a uh, an idea I- right. in a idea bubble. It, it's it's something that they've put in place, secured the location, and started being able to do the move. And um, decided that the timing was right to let everyone
0: know. Um, yeah. Well, it, it was announced. It was announced. On this podcast first, but we'll just remind the listeners that we we broke the news. There's a lot of stuff announced first on yeah. this podcast. Well, Joe, do you think that um Jack learned anything, or did you give him any feedback on the Rick and Morty, the the way that thing sold like wildfire? I mean, we've never seen a Jersey Jack machine sell like that many units in in just a few hours. Do do you think Jack took anything away from that in, in terms of how to sort of create that window? And I know theme has a lot to do with it. Scott Denisi has a lot to do with it. But it was really, it must have been eye-opening for other manufacturers to see that go down and to see, you know, what's in that game and then how much Jack is putting in his machines and to always not get to that level of frenzy when a new JJP game is is available uh good good question
1: you know the rick and morty thing was really surprising um and i know i i know you harp on the make things limited so everybody salivates
0: for it and wants it um i i, I don't know like, I, I don't really have an answer for well, you I think, chris I, I, think, I, I think jack would have sold all 500 collector's edition wonkas had they been the first 500 games built right and speaking of like how oh t- that that's definitely
1: yeah that's definitely a thing yeah for sure, yeah you you got to make you got to make the 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 best model. Yeah, up front first and, class and... gets on
0: first on the plane. <laughs> how um how is Wonka sold in comparison to Jack's other titles? Uh, well, uh,
1: let's not compare it to Wizard of Oz because Wizard of Oz is just an evergreen Juggernaut. title that that's got legs that everybody wants and we can never have enough of them to sell. So you know that's obviously their top title. We've been selling it for seven years and and delivering them for seven years multiple iterations of it and um they sell great yeah, i get yeah. emails every week i want this model of a wizard of oz can you get me one i still have people asking me for the i had a guy this week asked me for a green le i'm like dude you're eight years late you know like well don't they have the twelve
0: thousand five hundred dollar ones with the new life yeah, yeah
1: yeah we have the uh we have the 11,500 uh, Yellow Brick Road edition. So those are still available. Oh, I, thought Jack, you know. I
0: thought Jack found like a few Emerald City ones and switched out the lightboards and was offering them. Oh, oh,
1: yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I think there were just like, like two or three of those. of those. Yeah. Or something yeah, I don't, like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. T- let's take Waz out and let's put Wonka next to Hobbit, dialed in, Pirates, which Pirates would sell more if they made more. Sure. Of course. A- and then uh, Wonka. Where does Wonka fall in terms of like, after one year of sales, like where does it fall?
1: I really think they're, and I'm going to answer this honestly. I I don't have my numbers right in front of me, but I honestly think they're. It's probably equal to, maybe dialed in was a hair less than Hobbit and Wonka. I would think Wonka and Hobbit were pretty close, um, in terms of sales. And let's just take round numbers. Let's say you know and I sell more than this, but let's say I sell a hundred of a particular. JJB title um you know let's say wonka's at 100 hobbit would probably be at 100 and maybe dialed in would be 80 85 and then pirates would probably 80 85 but should have been 200 um and would have been 150 if it wasn't for the whole negativity with the spinning disc which was nothing about nothing in my opinion yeah
0: yeah well, and 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 there was a year delay with Hobbit production because of them right. having to retool it and probably recode that part of the game. Um, and, so and because it was it was shown too soon. I mean, yeah. you know, do you know I, why they I, did that?
1: I, Any why did they do that? I I don't know. I I know I've heard you on the podcast state that you know, <laughs> that the investors were getting antsy because Dials in sales. I mean, yeah, Chris, that, I don't know where you make make that, this stuff up that, sometimes, but um, I, mean, I I don't know. Sound. I, I I think. I, I think it's just human nature. I think it's human nature that when they've got a prototype that is ready to show, they're excited, just like we are. And that's just not Jersey Jack, but any company. Look at American Pinball with Hot Wheels. Like, they were excited to show somebody yeah, that game. Joe, like, and,
0: Stern Pinball, the most successful company in the history of pinball, they've never shown anything early. I, I Again, I'm not saying what's right or wrong. You <laughs> asked me why they do it and the reason they okay. do it i think is because they were so they excited got ex- they got excited and, and they basically made it impossible to the sell thing the game isn't
1: fully engineered and, yeah. and you know my argument with not an argument but my my conversation that i've had with a lot of people you know when the spinning disc thing was going on uh number one i'm not a fan of spinning discs so to have three yeah concentric discs throwing the ball all over the place to me that's not pinball that's randomness. You know, that's throwing the ball down yeah, the middle and pissing wacky. me off. Especially in that position. So going to one disc, I actually liked. I thought, you know, now it's a cool toy. Now it's not too crazy. Um and I didn't think I didn't think it was a big deal. The big deal was is that something was showing and something was promised and then something different was yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you
1: know, and that's a mistake in the marketing and the showing of the game, which that lesson, I'm sure, has been learned, um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't know that they they did that with any ill intention, other than the fact that they thought they would be shipping soon, and maybe they didn't have a firm grasp on how long it would take to get parts from vendors and again it was just you yeah, know yeah. A, a decision that was made that wasn't yeah. the right one
0: what do you wish you could just order more pirates and have you asked jack like come on man like the buyers are there like what do we do every time i talk to him
1: but we don't know what's gonna happen but you know
0: here's another here's an is he still a firm no
1: no he's never said firm no to me i don't know if he said it publicly anywhere but no there's no firm no on anything uh they can go back and probably remake any title, renew a license that maybe is expired. I don't know. Uh, But this is another big thing and a big advantage about going to Chicago. You know, They used to have a secondary line in in Jersey, and they had the room that if they wanted to rerun, let's say, 50 or 100 Wizard of Oz's during Dialed In, they would be able to do that. Uh, I think at the size of what they're going to have now in chicago they very well may have two lines running concurrently at different times like you know when this next game comes out i shouldn't even say anything because i'm just i'm it's guns and roses talk,
0: sla- like talk, talk, just, just, just no i'm not saying the title joe, joe joe just but, to make you feel better just, just, no, another wait, game. but just to make you feel better slash in an interview already announced it okay so like it's okay it's okay i don't know but now, I don't knowing, know. Knowing Jack, it'll probably, know. Be, it'll probably be Guns N' Roses without Axl Rose in it because, you know, it's like that's always, Jack's always got to find a way to keep one of the assets you really want out of the game. It's Pirates without Johnny Oh, Jack.
1: man, I was going to buy you the Willy Wonka soundtrack to shut you up at one point. Oh. Like, you, know, you were just crazy. I was like, dude, watch the movie. I'll sing you a song. Right.
0: So I think, it, look, it makes it would make total sense to run guns and roses and pirates of the caribbean in 2020 and i think that would make total sense for him what a juggernaut what a juggernaut yeah.
1: that would be huh? give,
0: give the give the enthusiasts what they want and i think gun, i think guns and roses is going to be a sales phenomenal a phenomenon I, I think people underestimate the popularity of the musical act that's the biggest touring act in the world over the last three years i don't 90, disagree with you 90 million albums sold how many albums has like what what, what when music uh, prime is sold you know or I think Guns N' Roses outsells Kiss I think I don't know they probably did um, anyway Joe I know you got to go I know you took the time we were at the hour um, thank you so much for joining the show uh, for those of you out there Joe you just let everyone know which you cover you dis, you distribute everything but Stern pretty much right yeah we do uh, we do Jersey Jack. Uh, Chicago
1: gaming that does the remakes, spooky pinball, American pinball, um, VP cabs, which are the, uh, virtual machines, the vertigos, the stand-up things that people love playing at, uh, shows that we do. I do multimorphic. Uh, we are distributors for home pin and don't forget about those guys, Chris. <laughs> yeah, are well, going to be, how could I forget be, about home kid? There may be more coming out from them at some point in time that you might be
0: interested in all two Thunderbirds that you sold. Oh, come on. I'll, you never take my you money ne- now mark take,
1: my words you mark you take, mark this episode and this time and maybe one day there will be something you'll be really yeah, interested the, the, in from,
0: the four words they've time. never heard are take my money now but like, go on
1: <laughs> and uh uh team pinball we've sold games for too but uh you know they're they're doing some other projects right now
0: has deep root yeah they're doing janitorial services right now over at team I'm too mean has Deep Root reached out to you at all or have you been in conversations with Robert about potential no I I don't have any
1: contact with with them in any capability or or manner
0: and lastly Joe you're going to watch the Twippy Saturday night I you know I am Uh, I've I've missed
1: the Trippy the Twippy (laughs) shows in tech Trippies they they could show the Trippies (laughs) the the Trippies (laughs) uh I've I missed the shows uh because you know usually when i I go to TPF I'm either working or my wife and I take a night out to go uh hit the town and and uh go to a nice dinner and stuff like that Um, uh, but I am I have it on my calendar I can't wait I think Jeff has done a good job uh, uh with some new talent that he had a scramble to do uh at the last minute uh to to put on a good show and and i I I, I think it's good. I think the timing is great. And yeah. I, I'm excited that they're able to do it remotely, not at the show. And I think it's going to be a, a good thing f- for the hobby at this yeah. point in time where everybody's.
0: Yeah, it's the only thing we have to look forward to over the next few weeks. And here's the good part. Everybody is in attendance this year because all you Correct. need is a computer. Right. Also- are you,
1: are you going wear? Are you going to wear a tux like even at home?
0: Well, I should dress up for it. Yeah, what I'm doing is my friends uh, here. We're going to do a little virtual hangout. So we're going to put it on the TV and then on the laptops. We'll do a little virtual hangouts and just all sort of like watch together live at 8:30 uh, Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. Joe, thank you so much. Stay healthy. You know what you should. You know what you should do, Chris. If you win, you should
1: uh, you know take one of your prior trip Twippies and run up and down the street high fiving people. Oh, you're yeah. not supposed to touch people, but I know. yeah, well,
0: I. I'll just say this: If I do win, there might be a fun surprise for my fans on the show. I'll great. just say that. Excellent. I think I, I, think I might have a good chance this year. If they, everyone like bailed out right when like the last months were happening for voting and everything. It was great, <laughs> great timing, guys. Thank you for uh, paving the way for the dynasty that is Canadian Pinball Podcast.
1: I, I think you did a really good thing last year, Chris. Even though it was a very, very painful experience for distributors and for companies, uh, and you may have beat the dead horse a little bit too much, but you really did a good job with uh, the whole playfield issue thing and keeping it in the forefront for quite a while. So I I think just based on that, aside
0: from the entertainment value,
1: um, I I think you did a good thing in looking out for the community.
0: Um, I'm always trying to do that. I mean, who got got Chuck to start to open up that shot in Rick and Morty? It it wasn't any of the pin side bickering. We went, we played the game, we talked to the designer, and we came up with a sob, and now everyone who gets a Rick and Morty is going to have that fix happen from the factory, thanks to yours truly, not Hilton. I want you to. Will you sign my game, please? Uh, you know, I already, I, I've already signed every game. <laughs> Chuck sent me every translate. Just says Canada real big across the translate. Awesome. Sorry guys, it's just part of the agreement. All right, brother, stay healthy. Um, okay, Chris. The best to you and your family, and we're all going through crazy times. And everyone, come hang out Saturday night at the Twippies. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joe will be there. Canada will be there. We'll all have a good time. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. All right, brother.